This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Oh yes, football is back. Hooray, I think. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. It's, uh, we said it felt like a long time last week. It's going to feel like an even longer time by the time uh, the actual the Bradford game comes around. How are you? Uh, I think I'm breaking, Joe. I think I'm breaking in a Swindon sense, not in a physical sense. Well, maybe a little bit of that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we always say it feels like a long time, um, but this time it feels like an exceptionally long time. Yeah, to who to well, this I guess slightly less eventful week, but it it didn't always feel that way in terms of the stuff that was continuing on. So two two long weeks, and I think I'm I'm right where with you being at a at a at a stage of wit's end. Yeah, uh, with it all really. I think that's very well put. I'm just tired. I'm tired of it all, and I think my paced fury with the transfer uh, market stuff is reaching. Breaking point, but it's nothing to do with the transfer side. I think I've just sort of like, <laughs> I've just caged everything and it's all bubbling over. I think I'm letting my heart scrap it out with my head. I want to be positive. For example, I want to see Gunning succeed, but then I listened to his press conference today and I feel like there are elements that are almost certainly briefed within a wh- inch of his life. And it feels like the, the on the pitch stuff is the least of my concerns as a Swindon fan, but then I look at the ticket availability for the Bradford game and it doesn't look great in terms of tickets being sold. Our squad doesn't look any stronger, but we have to wait and see. So we can't definitively say 
it's rubbish because we don't know much about them beyond their potential at youth level, their Irish league reputation, or indeed their injury records. I try. (laughs) Joe, I'm going to just rant at you now. I try and I don't know. I try and stay away from the more extreme comments and conspiracy theories or theories. I try to stay level-headed. I try to stay rational. But the way our football club communicates to us just feels so off-kilter with the mood of so many. Sometimes I feel like we're being treated like we're idiots. But then I think to myself, am I the idiot? And I'm not the idiot. And then every bit of news we get about Swindon at the moment feels like it can have a negative slant because nobody is taking ownership of issues. Any of the issues that we're facing or likely to face in the future, I just want Swindon Town to be logical, operational and fun again. And fun does not equate to being good at football either. I just want it to be fun again. I'm glad you could get that off your chest. Thank you. That felt a bit like your therapist there for a second. But how did that make you feel? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying there? It's just this conflict, this internal conflict between, Rich, just enjoy football and there's there's more to play here. It feels like one big tug of war within Swindon Town at the moment. Yeah, I think I'm in kind of the exact same place. Um, I think, you know, every, every single story that I write feels like, oh, I, I know what the comments are already going to be. And I, I, and I agree with all of them, but it is tiring to look at again. And just just every everything is really long, and particularly with it being January and going to do like uh, proper. I actually, I guess I did do a proper football-y type thing today, but um, you know, it, there's there's less space for it all, and it, it it feels like you're going away from football. But even the football's not good, and it just all becomes very very jading, very, very <laughs> all, all at once, and. Uh, that doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon, which is great news. It really isn't, is it? And this isn't about results on the pitch for me either. And I want to stress that enough. I think like, if we win five games in a row, I know there's going to be elements of the fan base that, that will simmer because we're not spiralling in the short term anymore. But I just think there's so much more at play now that, and I never want Swindon to lose, and I'm not suggesting that, but I think a good run papers so many cracks about Swindon Town Football Club and the way it's operated that it it will do us harm in the long term. But at the same time, I'm looking at the next three fixtures and thinking there are points to be won here. I'm just so conflicted with it all, but I don't want Swindon to lose games because I don't want us in non-league, Joe. Yes, if we can avoid it, that would be be ideal, though. Starting to look like that might not be in our hands necessarily, but yeah, I I think you know there's the there's the short term pain from the long term gain that is looking increasingly like it might have to be suffered through um, with with just as you know just every single thing that comes out uh, across across the weeks. Yeah, and even when it's not negative, and this is where I I question myself, and I think are we just magnifying everything like? Last week when we were listening to Claire Morfuni, you wouldn't, like I said previously, you would never, ever guess that we're in a bit of a sticky situation both on and off the pitch. And I got elements of that today with Gavin Gunning as well. And maybe it's because they're on the inside they or they're completely buying into it or they just don't think there's anything to be worried about. But from every slant of information that we get, be it managerial decisions, be it, whether it be squad building, it just feels like 
we can we can reach a certain conclusion that feels far more accurate than the positive one. Yeah, I guess that probably plays into it, though, doesn't it? Where it's, you know, how can you say these things when this is going on? You know, how, how can you laugh at a time like this? Oh, here I, and, am. Um, I have various sympathies with Gavin Gunning because, you know, at the end of the day, he's a man who wants a job and he, he wouldn't get that job if he comes out and slags off his, his boss. You know, there's, there's obviously that tint to it, although I feel like he possibly went slightly far um, on some of the things that he said. And, you know, obviously Clem Morphin is... He's, he's not gonna come out and come out of the uh, come out of that foot burning house and and talk about the fire. That's it's, it's not the way they're gonna play it. But it's it's just maddening to hear these things. And it's like I, I was already annoyed, but this is really not helping me. <laughs> yeah, I think we care, don't we? And and we want Swindon to be as good and as well functioning as as it as it possibly can be. And it just doesn't feel that at the moment. But that that's. Let's move to the presser because we've tried to talk about Gavin Gunning a lot over the last few pods, but it's just felt like some other things have been far more important. Um, but it, this is his time now. These are his pressers until until we know otherwise. This is his role, his solo role. He's got 18 games. He's accompanied by Liam McCartan, an analyst with a lot of uh, credit in the bank uh, and a good reputation, and Steve Mildenhall, who we know all about. Joe, is football so simple that all this season needs is a tall centre-back, Gavin Gunning, and a change of formation? Um, I think League Two football might be, to be perfectly (laughs) honest. I I think, well, you know, in a manner of speaking, you know, we're clearly not going to go out there and and be as good as Stockport all of a sudden. That would be unrealistic. But I, I think sometimes... Uh, sometimes at this level, the, 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 there probably is a lot to be said for just getting one good guy, like, you know, Colin McCarthy feels like he co- possibly could be, and a manager who isn't actively holding you back, which I'm not saying that Michael Flynn necessarily was, but we'll learn that in, in due course. Um, and, and and away you go, because uh, it's not the highest level. And as Gavin Gunning points out, I think he said it in this one, he certainly would have said it in the last one, and League Two players ain't that good at the end of the day. You just need a bit of a direction to be pointed in and uh, then sort of stumble your way there. And whoever whoever adapts with the blindfold on the best is 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 not in our case promoted, but uh, thrives. So may, maybe that will be the solution. Maybe it will. Um, I, I'm some a, a level of excitement for what gunning for, uh, Gunismo, as I'm now terming it, because I don't like Gavball, um, what may end up looking like. Um, but th- there is also a very strong chance that none of that happens because uh, one centre-back was was never the root of the problem. No, no, that's right. Well, I guess, happy birthday, Gavin Gunning. Uh, he was doing this press conference on his birthday, so uh, congratulations to him on this opportunity because it is a huge opportunity. And as I was alluding to him in, in my rambling, knee-jerky, flappy whinge, 18 games is a long time. 18 games for a 32-year-old whose previous managerial experience was Swindon looking after the squad for three games over two spells. But Steve Mildenhall was a vital cog in that machine. I'm more than sure that will be the case now also. 18 games is enough time to see a miracle. It's enough time to see a catastrophe. It feels like the cheap option he wasn't on the on the pitch with the players in this 
period when Flynn was appointed and before he left. I'm sure he's got a good rapport with the squad and I'm sure the squad will play for him in the short term, certainly, because it's quite clear that they weren't playing for Flynn. I think we all saw that before the club recognised it. It's a huge opportunity for a young man to find himself with a year permanent contract if this goes well. Yeah, it's a massive opportunity for for Gavin Gunning. Obviously, he's he's fairly fresh into the coaching game. He's not even all the way through his badges yet, although uh, he did say he was close. Um, so, you know, that's that's not something that comes around very often. You know, there are a lot of younger and younger coaches and managers, of, as a general rule, are getting younger. But he is, he is currently the youngest in in the football league certainly and if he gets the job he would he, that would still be the case obviously um on a, on a permanent basis so th- this isn't something that would come come around at most clubs i think it's fair to say clearly got a lot of faith from the person above him to give just sort of out of nowhere be given 18 matches to end a season but you know gavin gunning if you want to prove that you're that this is this is what you should be doing this is your this is your calling which um, unfortunately for him, football wasn't football playing wasn't to the level that it might have been expected of him when he was younger. Then here you go, you've got as as good a chance as you're ever going to get. Yeah, totally. What are your as a fan? What are your expectations of Gavin Gunning and his 18 games? Just give us some dignity, give us some pride, restore some pride, get us up the table. Are you thinking, let's perform a miracle? Or are you just thinking, oh, he's got nothing to lose? Where, where's your head at in, re- in relation to Gunning's tenure? I think in terms of, you know, the the wider picture, he does have nothing to lose. I think if, if is the own, he's got everything to gain in terms of getting the job. And I'm not totally certain where the line would be in my head to say he's done a good enough job to get that. I think you know it was like, Swindon should be fine as much as teams further down the league so further down the league are making some some fairly promising sounding moves in terms of Steve Cottrell and Sutton seem to be signing quite a lot of players right now. Uh, Colchester are doing quite good business, but as as long as we steer fairly clear of relegation, then that's I think you know if we we can't expect a huge amount from from a rookie. So I think you know as long as we're fine and and he can at least provide a level of levity, then I think that's that's kind of all my only expectations of, of him for the rest of the season. With 14 points clear of Sutton in 23rd and with nine points adrift of Notts County in 7th, but almost everyone above us have got games or a game in hand, especially in those playoff aspiring clubs. So it, it feels like a tough ask. And as I, as I said last week, you know, even in, in comparison to the miracle Bristol Rovers performed, we're, we're behind them in, in terms of points or you alluded a moment ago to some quotes by Gavin Gunning in relation to I guess the ownership and when he was asked about his job, it, it, it was one of those moments that if you are in a certain place as a fan where you read something that's positive about the owner, you, you your eyes roll to the back of your head. And this was one of those moments, wasn't it? Yeah, I was sat there kind of thinking, do I really have to type this, Gavin? Are you really going to make me do this? Because I know exactly what will happen. And and it duly did uh, as soon as we stopped talking uh, to him. But yes, when asked what if Gavin Gunning felt that he was actually under a, fair, a relative amount of pressure in, in this role in a slightly bizarre way because of 
because of the level of frustration around the fan base generally. Gavin Gunning went in a fairly major defence of Clem Morfuni um, and the level of investment he has personally seen him making. And then he kind of, uh, you you said about the sort of, it felt like he was heavily briefed things and he went into Clem Morfuni's favourite sentence, which is, you know, this club's been run terribly for 30 years. Um, and uh, he sort of, not without the 30 years part, but he did mention, um, obviously, this, the club's been run badly for a long for a long amount of time, um, so he probably gets a, a ticking off and for not saying that for the, a specific number of years, but he said that uh, in terms of um, the way things go, you're always going to step on landmines uh, with, with the various things around uh, the club, which Clem is trying to sort out, in, in his opinion, um, and then he felt like, um, his kind of role was in terms of looking to drive forwards and get everyone in alignment, which in a, a regular club would sound like quite positive, inspiring words. But um, uh, in the current scenario, it didn't feel that way whatsoever. No, head in sand, head in sand moment. You know, this, I'm all right, Jack, that, let's go. Let's just be good, be positive and drive forward. Clem is doing his best etc etc and it just feels completely polar opposite to what people are seeing both as a fan of the club the football club what we all want to be and also just an observer of the way you operate a football club it just it just seems so off base but he's entitled to his opinion he's there on the ground he's been to australia he's helped launch their soccer school for a couple of weeks he could have easily been let go last year when Lynn and Hatswell didn't want him or chose not to have him on the coaching staff. They've kept him on on the payroll for whatever reason, and now he's here again. So, of course, he's going to defend uh, the owner on this situation. Yeah, clearly he, him and Clem have, have, a, have a special kind of relationship between the two of them. Um, you know, that we know of at least one breakfast they've had together. One suspects in his time in Australia that might, uh, that might, number might be, might be much higher than that. Um, and you know he's he's get Clem has handed him a, a pretty good opportunity as as discussed um, to to develop his career. So he probably feels a, a fair amount of kinship and like he owes Clem Morfuni. So he he's going to go into bat for him to try and a help his job prospects and b defend someone who he probably thinks is a is a, is a friend. Uh, Michael Flynn thought that too. Um, um, so you know you can see why he says these things, but. There is a level of room reading that needs to be done, and uh, that didn't happen. Yes, yes, and we'll move on because I know people are far more relaxed about the Claire Morfuni stuff than others are, and I know we sort of lean more towards the more grrr than the relaxed side of things, and I appreciate that. On transfers now, we'll move to transfers, and something that she said there, uh, Flynn thought um, Morfuni was chummy. And a part of me in conspiracy theory land kind of thinks that Flynn was more than happy to leave because he saw how January was unfolding. And, uh, you know, if if you have lost any element of the changing room and you can't bolster, um, then you're sort of a, you're a sitting duck, really. So he probably was kind of relieved. Um, I wonder if we'll see him at Newport. There's still just under a week to go with this wretched window. I've not formed a massive opinion yet, pacing my fury. But where are we with transfers? Have we got anyone else to come in? Are we are we expecting any to go? What do we got? Yeah, you're you're pacing your fury, but we're coming around the final bend of the window now. So 
Um, Gunning said that there's one who is very close, that hopefully they will be able to get done by Monday, which, uh, in my experience of, of transfers at this club, means it might happen on Thursday or possibly not at all. And another one, which another player who they are close with, um, um, again, who could, who is, they would hope would happen next week because it can't happen any later than that. And again, kind of close, kind of feels like probably not going to happen. Didn't, didn't he say that's a good one as well? Like, oh, you, you'll be happy with this one sort of thing, which which usually means there's a queue of about 10 clubs and we're one of them. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and he'll be joining Milton Keynes Dons on Monday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but yeah, he said, well, you never know other than that. So um, leaving it fairly open-ended. In, in terms of what they're going to do. But um, obviously, with, with neither of them coming in today, uh, they won't be available for the weekend. And Gunning said he was largely fine with that because he'd kind of worked with the squad over the whole week, um, preparing preparing for this anyway. So it wasn't much of a surprise and, and it wouldn't have impacted this game too much, even if someone had come in. OK, so we, we're hoping to get two in, but... Maybe one out, but they, they didn't sound like that was going to happen. But maybe if, if we lose anyone, it could be one. Yeah, he said they weren't looking to do things out and then said maybe one. So um, I think as a general rule, I would try and get rid of no more because we've already uh, shipped quite a lot of players this window when we could ideally ship none. So, um, yeah, that, that was left open-ended just in case it did, does happen. But um, the the idea was that they wouldn't sell anyone else this window. Have we had a January transfer window like this in terms of exits? I can't imagine we have. Not and, really. And by that, I mean, what is that? One, two, three, four, five players who have played over 20 games in the league alone who have left in, in January or just before in the case of Mahoney. That's That's a big turnaround. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the better question is, have Swindon had this? Is Has anyone ever had a January window like this? Where, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be players who have played that well in terms of the likes of uh, Liam Kinsella, who have, who have headed off to pastures new during the month. Obviously, we always knew about Jake Young and Dan Kemp, so it, it, it obviously does come into judging the window, but it feels a little bit unfair to judge them uh, having departed. Um and it just—it's a crazy turnover for a squad that was already way too small. Mm. It's felt like another cagey week, but one person who's had a worse week than Swindon fans is Romeo Hutton. Extraordinary week for him. Yes, <laughs> uh, I think that's one way to put it. Uh, whatever the hell that video was, I don't think it's—it's it's done him too many favors in his in his new role at Gillingham, and you know, possibly helping their coffers if, as as Gunning referenced last week, is. His wages are, are quite so vast because they're probably going to save some in whatever fine he ends up getting. Yeah, I mean, it has to be some sort of crazy initiation, but they should probably just stick to songs, right? Yeah, I, I think they might have to park whatever whatever um, initiation would have caused Hutton to say the very many very strange and largely offensive things that were said in that video. Um, and then whoever decided to spread them not not helping anyone either, and I'm sure um, Hutton will be pretty furious with 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 whoever did that. But uh, not a good week to be uh, landing on the Daily Mail. Crazy video, very weird indeed. So you've you've just mentioned it, and then I sort of sidetracked you with Romeo Hutton chat. The big news, the big actual news this week was the departure 
uh, very surprising exit of one Liam Kinsella. And and the timeline of this was quite amusing. So we got the rumours that Kinsella was on his way. And I think the reaction from fans was, okay, well, it's a fee. And then the next stage was, he's going and it's a free transfer. Cue that powder keg Swindon Town fan base exploding. Um, it was another Tuesday night, wasn't it? Where it just starts with Kinsella chat and it just... It amalgamates into all sorts of things about Swindon Town, whether it's the ownership, fans, groups, what have you. And then the next day it was, well, he wants to be closer to home. And that sort of left people going, well, that's fair enough. But this was a this was a really intriguing selection of quotes from Gavin Gunning, because I know a lot of people will like the clarity here. I do feel to a degree some of this probably didn't need to go beyond he just wanted to be closer to home. Yeah, very, as you say, transparent. If we're talking about tra- transparency within the club, we've we got pretty much the whole decision in terms of Liam Kinsella and um, and what have him. He said it was very much a human decision um, that Kinsella had, had, had received the offer from Cheltenham. And obviously um, it's a high league for a start, but also, um, you know, he lives in, in the Birmingham area. Cheltenham is a shorter commute. His fiance is pregnant. So obviously he wants to be close to home and all of these concerns were relayed to Gavin Gunning and um, he went and spoke to Clem about it and Clem apparently said he didn't want to get rid of Kinsella and um, Gunning convinced him to do so um, largely just just to do right by Kinsella as a person and then um, I guess in, in the way that there was a slightly unnecessary detail left about Romeo Hutton's financial remuneration last week we got um, a sort of fairly a bit of a stream of gunning saying i mean at the end of the day we probably weren't going to play him anyway so <laughs> he we, we we didn't really matter that he left and then kind of with it and then with the with the financial side of it um question to him with um from andrew halls um excellently followed up as usual um gunning said that you know if we were going to be selling someone for the money it probably wasn't going to be liam kinsella yeah and the, the sort of the things that i think about is like kinsella was one of the only players that came in that had experience of working alongside Flynn and he's gone straight away and also counter this argument if we're top of the league top seven whatever is he going right now I mean you have to assume that you wouldn't throw that away to go and play in a, in a dogfight at Cheltenham probably not um, the, the part of the Flynn bit I find interesting because I spoke to um, Walsall fans at the time um, of signing Liam Kinsella and apparently Flynn and Kinsella didn't get on that well or you know it certainly wasn't Kinsella's best time with Walsall whilst Flynn was there so I, I find their, their their relationship to be quite an interesting one and obviously the parallel is going to be made with Flynn leaving and then not long after Kinsella following but I'm not necessarily convinced that 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 those two pieces fit together as snugly as one might initially assume yeah I've heard things like Swindon were the only option for Kinsella in the summer and the summer was coming to an end. So he needed a contract, he felt, and he and he went for it. But, you know, Birmingham, Swindon isn't a million miles away. I'm a, I'm a parent. I used to travel a lot and I shut it down as soon as my eldest was born. So I, I completely understand that. And this is an industry where it's not as forgiving that sort of, ideology or that sort of uh, leniency i mean can you imagine roy Keane reacting to to this news um he wouldn't make the future roy Keane island squad that's that's for sure but, but 
it just feels like the circumstance is just all very convenient for all parties here. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the deal kind of works for everyone. In, in fact, the day before Kinsella's announcement, I think people, various people on the transfer live blog that we do pretty much every day, um, were saying, I think we could probably do with shipping out a midfielder um, in terms of just having possibly too many, and then Kinsella obviously leaves the next day, and um, and uh, people were then angry about that fact. <laughs> uh, the only part of the deal that for me is is irritating is not not the lack of fee because you know whatever is going to be nominal. Not the losing Kinsella or losing experienced player because it's, you know, at the end of the day, he was fine at best, really. Um, it's more that, you know, whenever Swindon have a deal that is going on, we always hear about the dominoes that need to fall and, and all of these things. And you know, we can't sign them until someone else signs a replacement. And then, but with, but with Hutton and Kinsella, that apparently didn't need to happen at all. We got rid of the player first and then tried to figure it out afterwards. You know, was Was this deal in a position where, Cheltenham had offered him offered him a contract, but it expired the next day. It just it just feels like, you know, in terms of football operation, could we not have done what everyone else seems to say to us? That was the only part that irked me because at the end of the day, Kin Kinsella can leave, and I don't think it will impact the, the Swindon team that much whatsoever. It's a mistake we've already made this season, let alone in this window. You know, we we made a similar mistake with Wakeling, I think, in terms of not letting. Flynn or whoever have the opportunity to replace them and then if you know negotiation at that stage in such a short moment a short window is is tough to do and it feels like we're here again because we probably have one over the line we might have two isn't definitive is it Kinsella was just essentially he was our trier in quite unhappy times and I think that's the reaction of course he was slow to start this season he was slow to get a place he was coming on for the last half hour one of the only subs that Flynn would utilize then with whatever happened to McEachran's form Kinsella found himself in the side and looked like he realized the situation we were in couldn't influence it as much as you would like but I think the thing here is McEachran just comes back into the squad and that's why they're not overly concerned yeah I think that that's that's probably the way around it was Gunning Gunning says in this he wasn't going to play this weekend anyway and moving forwards they were looking to bring someone in who would have kind of taken his place in the long term as well so you would imagine McEachran I think looking at Gunning's games last season like I have I think he seems to like Jake Kane so I think there's the potential for him to come back in as well. So he's probably moving down the pecking order with with Gunning coming back in. And it just made sense for everyone to move on. Just it's, There is just that annoyance that could we not have waited till, till that player had actually arrived first. Indeed, indeed. And, and I think there are definitely similarities to this, to this window than last January when McDonald, and I know the rumours around McDonald, but McDonald... Gladwin and Reed were were offloaded and it, it just feels a little bit similar in the same vein as you said before you know take got to get rid of those to bring the next ones in but ho hum squad size so Gunning was talking about squad size in a very nonchalant way going wait we've got the number we wanted at the start of the summer but Again, head in the sand. Has nobody acknowledged what has happened between the summer and now in terms of our squad? Yeah, I, I think in many ways this was—it doesn't come across from the way he said it. But his the way he was talking was it was the squad size that Michael Flynn wanted, and it was it was sort of very much saying this was this was his plan. This is who this is he had the number that he wanted. 
more than but he's not here now you can bring in more people exactly and I, I think that's that's the obvious sort of all right so fix it but um and then he was they were just think they did you know, obviously they mentioned the injuries and and the the youth players but and and that kind of making things different but and not wanting to be with with the bare bones and they could kind of make those statements but they didn't seem to be the the level of conviction with it so no we need we need to fix this now they didn't seem to be that coming into it he was still talking about well we don't want a massive squad um really and then kind of but then again again and then sort of once again hedging a little bit with the but then again in league two you're often getting players who are playing at this level because their bodies can't stand up to playing much higher and i think you would probably be fair to say swindon have quite a lot of those players currently in their squad so you know maybe we should have maybe maybe we we've got those guys and in fact we need to be the ones making the squad larger to account for that Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, I'm Paul Carris, and you're listening to the Loathed Strangers podcast. Our friend of the pod, Mr. Andrew Hawes, has been highlighting the lack of. EFL experience within Swindon Town's squad currently, which stands at about three players who have played a hundred or more EFL or Scottish Premier League appearances throughout their career, which is a really low number. Other fans have highlighted that there are teams below us who have lots of experience, who are no good, and others will highlight Stockport, who haven't got many, but at the same time, they have exciting young loan players and essentially a National League dream team we do lack a lot of experience what did gavin gunning say about this well this was another one of the more curious answers where um when asked about experience he pretty is actually his first answer was we've got charlie austin and the last time i checked he played in the premier league and he was kind of happy to leave it there as if that was (laughs) that that was uh, that was enough experience and then andrew said the, the rather obvious resort of yeah, but that is just one guy, though. And then a series of players were listed who had, who had played in the Premier League or been around Premier League sides, um, who were kind of just academy kids in Paul Glatzel, Rashan Hepburn Murphy, these people. And um, and and he, he sort of hadn't he'd he'd, meant, he'd mentioned that these players had, had played at a higher level, um, but uh, I think there was a fair amount of um, asterisks next to almost every player who was mentioned in this list. 
Yeah, it's, it's fair. I mean, the Toon Squad was sorted out by Michael Jordan and LeBron, so why can't Charlie sort this side out? But I found it quite funny because he highlighted Pau Glatzel, and then I was like, well, hang on. And I think I, I, I counted Bruitt, Bycroft, Kane, Clayton, Devine, Genesini, Hepburn, Murphy, McEachran and Uwakwe all came from academies who were in the Premier League during their time at those clubs, and Hepburn Murphy has played in the Premier League also. My 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 thoughts are with them at this tough time. Yeah, I'm sure they were. They've they've uh, sent some very angry WhatsApp messages to their new boss um, after hearing this, and just absolutely beside themselves with rage at being left out of the former Premier League kid category. I know I would have been with a happy birthday at the end of it. Um, but how did you find Gavin Gunning in terms of of his presser? Because when you listen to it, he sounds miserable as sin, but. He is entertaining the questions, isn't he? Every time, and he he, he does he doesn't answer at the moment with hostility. He's, he, he, I think he is somebody who is trying to say it how it is from his perspective, which is all you can really ask for, I guess, in these in these times. Yeah, he's quite an interesting character, actually, um, um, in terms of reading a press conference. Because it's sort of been my question too. He won't always answer in full sentences, which isn't the most helpful, but. He is answering the questions in sort of an exact type of way. And he is, but he's simultaneously quite charismatic and quite curmudgeonly, as you say, <laughs> which is an interesting balance. But I guess one that, um, generally speaking, Irish people can balance, can get quite nicely. Um, so there's there, there's that. So, you know, there, there are some answers. I'm like, yeah, I, I really like what you're talking about there. I, that, that's not inspiring, but but that's, that's getting me on side again. And then there will be other answers where it's like, um, Slightly confrontational for no apparent reason there, and uh, what you said didn't really make sense. <laughs> uh, it's it's quite a, it was a, it was an interesting balance of a press conference of of the various different things that came out of it. I think that's spot on. I think I think I was the same. I was just like, okay, without listening, without reading anything, I want Gavin Gunning to succeed. And then I listen. I'm like, okay. And then I'm listening, like, no, no, no. And then I'm like, oh right. And and it just again. A tug of war. In terms of the squad, Gavin Gunning was was asked about its physicality and energy. Yeah, um, he, he was largely talking about um, McCarthy in terms of coming up against a largely physical Bradford side, as mentioned. Theirs is uh, in Andrew Hawes' list. Theirs comes across quite nicely in terms of having quite a lot of experienced players in it. Um, and um, he said that you know McCarthy is likely to be uh, a, a big a big benefit for Swindon in terms of dealing with a side like that. Um, he decided not to play the Coy route and um, said, yeah, he, he'll be playing. Um, and he said that he's, um, and then once again, kind of talked about how, how well he'd done since coming in and how exciting he's been on the training ground so far. Um, and with his ability for you know, first with strength and being physically very tall. And then also in terms of um, adding a leadership quality to, to the Swindon squad. Obviously he's, he hasn't played a hundred times in the EFL and SPL, but uh, including the Irish leagues, he has done. So he has that that level of experience, a greater level of experience than the vast majority of Swindon squad. So um, he was he, he he felt that Swindon could deal with with that a bit better. And then um, on energy, he um, says that he he kind of has no real um, has no question about whether Swindon's energy will will be able to go up with him in charge because he brings energy and he brings solutions and he and he brings detail and that's who he is 
um, and he'll, uh, and then you know he's been he's been working to get the players out of the bad habits that he doesn't like, and uh, get them into playing the, the patterns of play that he's trying to instill. And then this is this is what I referenced before in terms of saying that at the end of the day, League Two teams, uh, generally speaking, will be quite good at some stuff, but also very bad at other stuff. And it's very much just about trying to exploit that. And um, that's 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 kind of his philosophy, I guess. Is uh, at the end of the day, this is League Two, and most of them are pretty bad at the end of the day. Yep, and our team have been contributing to that League Two mentality over the last few months. What did Gavin Gunning say about the last few months? Um, yeah, he's uh, see, this at this time he references not necessarily knowing what the fans think, and another time he says that he did. But uh, that's that's what that's what it is. Um, he said that you know clearly performances have been pretty bad. Uh, we we're losing way too much, which is not great, um, which is well observed. Um, and it's you know the, and the fans are going to get disgruntled by those kind of performances. And um, he's hoping to change that in terms of stylistically. He wants to well, is essentially get back to what Swindon were doing early on in the season, but with a bit more sustainability. In terms of getting fans excited, making making matches more more interesting for them to watch, and they don't sort of add to the to the very various shades of bleakness that are going around uh, Swindon at the moment, and getting on the front foot, playing attacking football, trying to excite the crowd, and that's that's what he's going to be hoping to do moving forwards. And he did a pretty good job of that last year, so. There is some hope that he could do it again. Yeah, and I think a lot of fans are leaning towards those three games from last year, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's kind of the the bit you've got to go off in terms of gunning. Uh, he he comes in. He he last time he he cleaned up, and uh, there was never really the chance for it to be scrubbed off in a in terms of teams figuring Swindon out because uh, what he did was quite different to what Scott Lindsay and Jody Morris had been doing. So it'll be interesting to see if that if that pans out on the longer term. Because um, obviously with Michael Flynn, he tried to do the same thing and then Swindon were figured out and Swindon never recovered from that. So with, with Gunning, the proof will very much be you, you've, you've shown you can do this in, in the short bursts you've had. Does it? Can you do that in a more sustained manner? And that will obviously be kind of the deciding factor in terms of him potentially getting this job longer term. Right. Shall we go to the Joe zone? Because some of the most common questions haven't been asked yet. I know. I was shocked by Andrew. So... uh Here's the here's the answers you were actually looking for. Um, where are you with injuries going into this game? I know there are a couple of long terms, but there any, is there anything fresh coming off the last two weeks? No. But you still because you can be without Divine Clayton and Yoakwe. Yes. Just about civil now. He's getting close to Rita, which is good. Yeah. And um, on Lewis Ward, obviously that's that's the backup goalkeeper going out the squad. Are you looking to bring in another experienced keeper, or are you fine with Redman Evans? Or- yeah, I think Redmond is fantastic and goalie. Listen, to the honest truth is we probably might look to get one in. A second choice to back up Jack and obviously push push Jack along. Just so he's a young goalie. Could, so you could sometimes, when, you, when you're a young goalie and then you're playing every week, you can get slack and that. So we might need one, he'll push Jack. But he's, he's, he's proper. He's a proper keeper, this kid. Yeah, and coming into this game, Bradford have been probably one of the there's one side that keep games tighter in terms of goals at either end of the field. You know, obviously you're talking about a lot of excitement. Does the way that they play kind of hinder that, or is it all on sort of giving you the onus to do what you want to do? Listen, I think when we're at home. We got to go on the front foot. If we can see it, that's fine. But let's get on the front foot and have a go. Trying to do it. There's no, there's no point to playing sideways and backwards when you're at home. I don't see the point to it. 
you've got to utilise what you've got around you. That's why I'd say it's massively important. I know, I know the fans are frustrated. That's fine, but on a Saturday, let's all come together and try and push the team forward. Yeah, and I see um, this season and last kind of late in games has been a bit of an issue with this team, conceding more goals. Where do you, where would you say the fitness levels of the side are at this point? I think that that's that's mindset. I think a lot of that's mindset. I think fitness in the last few minutes is irrelevant. I think I think it's it's not willing to get up that extra five yards when five yards you don't need to be fit to run five yards even when you're shattered there. Yeah, all right. Thank you very much. That's it. Yeah. Right. So the good news is, thankfully, we, we've not been playing much football recently, so no new injuries, and Tariq Uwekwe's close to returning to the first team. Who? So that's Clayton out, Divine out, Uwekwe out. So who have I forgot? I think that's. I believe that's currently the list. It's just three of them because obviously Ben Ward was the other long termer, but he's he's headed off now. So. The list feels slightly shorter, um, even though technically speaking, it's early short because there aren't that many players to be injured in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how it goes this weekend. And Redmond Evans keeps the keeps the uh, the the subs bench warm, dreaming of some recklessness by <laughs> by Jack Bycroft. Um, I just don't see the point in bringing anyone in unless in this. You know, unless it's it's going to be real competition, you might as well just keep it as it is. And then if there's injuries, suspensions, then it's into the emergency loan market or free transfers. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely that. The only kind of other aspect to it would be: would you want someone with who's who's not necessarily coming in to play or compete, but would be coming in as a sort of second goalkeeping coach, more or less, to try and help Bycroft because he is still other than having played a decent amount in non-league, is still largely inexperienced. So you're wanting to help him develop and sometimes a, another player can help that. Like um, in terms of, you know, with, with young drafted quarterbacks in the NFL, you would often have a a, a, a guy who's not going to compete with them, but is kind of just a second coach for them, but is technically listed as a player. That would be the only other way around it that I would be expecting. Because I'm not really thinking they're going to try and bring in competition for him. But, you know, then again, you can also just sort of let Redman Evans chill out on the bench and and uh, experience a couple of first team environments. I suppose. I suppose so. And well, one thing Gunning and Flynn agree on is is our issues late in the game because he's also it's not about fitness; it's about mindset, which Flynn completely agreed with. Yeah, Flynn said this a lot, but to be fair, Gunning said it in a slightly more entertaining way in terms of. Uh, it, it doesn't take it doesn't take much fitness to run five yards. Um, so <laughs> yeah, they they've both very very conclusively come to the conclusion that it isn't about fitness. Um, so you know, uh, tough to take their word on it when it happens quite as often as it does. But uh, here we are, and um, we'll we'll see if Bradford and their immense mindset team can uh, can spring the same thing, same old nonsense that we seem to see every other week. Bradford have having their usual bafflingly stinky season where everyone thinks that they'll do okay, they get a lot of people in the ground and then they invariably balls it up somehow. You know, they might they might do us tomorrow, but it'll be their first league win of 2024. If they do, uh, they have this year lost 1-0 away at Crewe. No 
you know, no great shock there. A really bad 4-2 home loss to Crawley. And more recently, they have drawn 1-1 to Colchester. Terrible result for both concerned. And then another terrible result for both concerned in midweek. So they were given the opportunity. Their game last week was called off, but they played on Tuesday against Salford, a 1-1 draw. So they've got a little bit more match fitness, freshness, I suppose. Bradford are yet another one of these League 2 teams where they can come here, wipe the floor with us, but at the same time, they can come here and just stink out the place. Last year we beat them, or last season we beat them 1-0, courtesy of a Johnny Williams goal. We lost to them 1-0 earlier in the season, 1-0. What have we got here? What, what are your expectations for this? Because... It's a new manager, it's a new formation, it's still largely the same squad with a little bit of time off. Uh, are you optimistic? Somewhat optimistic. Bradford are clearly not playing very well. They've they've really struggled since, just having quite a good run going into Christmas and they've been pretty rubbish since. So um, they're, they're, they're clearly not coming in high on confidence. I think looking through some Bradford forums, because we have a sister site in Bradford, um, and they put in quite a quite a rude preview on Swindon, actually. I thought, um, but they they they're kind of feeling there is similar-ish to where Swindon are in terms of how are we here. But um, you know, I, there is there's a hope. There is that hope that Gunning does what he did before, and there's that that greater level of energy and urgency from the players, and and that takes Bradford by surprise with with their slovenly experienced side who have got no got no running left in them. Uh, but uh, but the reality is that that probably won't happen because I think uh, I can't imagine there's going to be a, a ton coming off a ton of uh, energy to feed off the crowd with. Where obviously last time we had the Charlie Austin fervor to help out, um, and uh, it 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 feels like it will probably fall a lot flatter than it did, and um, probably a very boring draw. Mm, I, I did see. I did look at the ticket availability as I said at the top of the episode, and. The block where I sit doesn't doesn't look like there'll be many day trippers, curious fans to see how the Gavin Gunning era goes, which isn't great. But usually when this happens, we win. So I'm seeing that as a as a good sign. What did Gavin Gunning say about Bradford? Yeah, there were kind of two sentences on Bradford and then back to us. Um, we said <laughs> you know, they're quite quite a, quite a physical side, and Andy Cook is pretty good. And uh, then he went back to the. But, but I want us to be excited um, to watch Swindon. That was that was kind of all we really got on Bradford. That's fair enough. Um, those who probably don't follow football as religiously as others will, I think, expect at two pm to see Jake Young's name on a team sheet. We saw Dan Kemp score for Milton Keynes Dons against AFC Wimbledon in midweek. There's been no sign of life for Jake Young, although he is back in training with them. But that's not because of injury i think that's more because of struggling to negotiate a deal elsewhere would that be fair yeah there was quite a fun interview from graham alexander leading into this game where he was obviously asked about jake young and he was like i promise i'm not lying he was injured i'm pretty sure flynn said that um whilst he was still at swindon so they they've been trying to peddle that line um you know it's it's been very easy to find jake young rumors throughout the month so I think it's it's pretty clear where where his head's at in regards to uh, his Bradford future. He almost certainly won't be involved at the weekend because if he is, then then they can't sell him anymore. Um, so they're going to have to wait until January, until February for 
for to see if he's still just not left yet and um that's it so it's uh it feels quite tense but it was quite um, amusing to read graham alexander <laughs> to ask answer a question and just just basically say i promise i haven't been lying to you <laughs> which, uh, which 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 is essentially what all swindon higher up personnel say in most of their interviews so uh, it was nice that it happens elsewhere too yeah, it really is. And thank you, Joe. You, you've got me looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to a trip to Swindon um, tomorrow or Saturday, um, and in the hope that we win a game. It doesn't change how I feel about the way this club is is moving forward or not moving forward, but I'm feeling all right. I'm looking forward to seeing friends and go into football. Go into football with your mates, Joe. Go into football with your mates. You can't even do that anymore because you work. What are you predicting? I'm going to go... I'm going to uh, lean into the, the level of optimacy, which uh, yes. optimism, which apparently I've somehow managed to betray into you, which, which yes. was probably more by my luck than by judgment. I'm going to say 2-0 to Swindon. And we have, you, we have you piling down the rows in front of you with the level of limbs from the, from the relatively meagre crowd. And uh, we're all having life again until the fans forum comes around and or probably even before then. And something else happens to destroy whatever level of fun we might have been having. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Austin joins Eastley um, and the, the, the world ends. I love that prediction. I'm going to match it with craziness. 3-1 Swindon Town based on absolutely nothing. 3-1. I'm going 3-1. I feel good. No strangers. Zero logic as always. Let's have the vibes. Just enjoy the football of your mates. That's all we're asking. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.